Hi, everyone. I'm Linya Floyd, an award-winning journalist and one of the co-hosts of the Scarlet Society podcast. If your sex life is starting to feel as routine as, I don't know, brushing your teeth and maybe just about as pleasurable, then listen up because today's show aims to change all that. I had the chance to chat with Nadine Robinson, a revolutionary holistic women's health and relationships expert who has worked with thousands of clients across the globe. Her signature process of sexual self-discovery and healing leads her clients to a mystical spiritual awakening that enables them to feel unshakable confidence, diminished anxiety, and extraordinary control over their lives. Nadine has two decades of experience as a midwife, as well as certifications in breathwork and other holistic health practices. She is also the international best-selling author of The Holistic Entrepreneur, creating success with the medicine of your soul. While she was in the great outdoors at her cottage, so you will hear those birds chirping in the background, we talked about the top reasons women get bored in the bedroom and how to turn that around by going from what she calls the death of sex to hot yes sex. We also talked about surprising ways that you might be leaking sexual energy and how to hold on to that passion for your partner and your relationship. Nadine shared three questions every woman should ask herself that could revolutionize the way that you approach sex. And we also talked about what sacred sexuality is. It has nothing to do with religion, by the way, and why every woman needs to hone into it. Lean back for our juicy chat and then lean into the sexy homework Nadine offers up that could change everything for you. Here's our interview. You're listening to the Scarlet Society Podcast, the show that encourages women over 40 to be excited, curious, and even turned on by starting the second half of their life. This is the show for support, community, and conversation about everything that goes along with this season, from sexual health and wellness to sexual exploration, finances, monogamy, and relationships. No topic is off limits. Let's dive in. All right, Nadine, I am so excited that you are with us today. Thank you so much for speaking to the Scarlet Society women. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I am thrilled to share this work with you. Amazing. Have this conversation. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be a good one. This is a juicy one. This is what we're all about here at Scarlet Society. And I just want to dive right in because I know that people who are tuning in are either terrified of falling into this category, or they already are in this category and they want to get out of it. So tell us why you think being bored with sex is one of those number one top complaints that women over 40 have. Uh, Listen, we all know it. It's routine. Okay. I'm going to touch you here. I'm going to kiss you like this. Okay. I'm going to lay on my back. Oh no, I'm going to be on top. Uh, And we've been doing it the same way for like 20 years. And it just becomes absolute boredom. We're like, oh brother, that's number one. Number two, and this is probably the least talked about for women, our bodies are changing. 
a lot. Our hormones are going crazy. You know, you think, you know, when you're going to be bleeding, you're like, okay, yeah, I got this hammered. I got this dialed in. And then, yeah, no, I'm ovulating. So I'm going to feel sexy. And all of a sudden you're bleeding like every time you have sex and you're like, whoa, what is happening? You don't feel sexy. Sometimes there's some weight shifts. Our hormones are going crazy. So our bodies are shifting. And sometimes our minds, as we all know, don't quite catch up to what our bodies are doing. We still feel like we're 20 years old, but we haven't actually come to the reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for us, right? It is. It really is. And I loved what you were saying, first of all, about the routine. Absolutely, right? Step one, two, three, four, done. Right? And we can totally get into those ruts. And it's kind of both partners or both people's responsibility to break out of that rut, right? Not just one person, but it's, it's when you say it's both people's responsibility. It's so funny when I was thinking about about having this chat with you this morning, and I thought it's so funny because for men, they generally need physical affection to feel loved. So they're ha- they don't care, you know. And it's not that they don't care; they're not in curiosity or want to explore their sexuality. But man, if they're like can have sex with the person they love, they're like I'm a hot yes, like that's good enough for me. And it's not to diminish it, but that's what men need. For women, we need the emotional connection generally before we move into those physical intimacy spaces. So I mean, we know this, and so it is both parties' responsibility. And part of that is actually plugging out of the physical reality of our sexuality and actually starting to explore it in different ways instead of just like penis and vagina here we go and you're like oh brother i mean a boring right b not everyone has a penis not everyone has a vagina and they're not rubbing their genitals together you know so we have to get out of these sort of weird stereotypes about our sexuality and move them into this more kind of salient or diffuse kind of ways and feel into them there and then what you were saying about understanding your body and how it's constantly changing that can get overwhelming at times, right? And add to the problem. It's so funny. I was doing a quick bit of research. I was like, okay, what are the actual stats here around, you know, women and their sexuality? One article, it was the third or fourth result in my search, said women who have sex at least once a week, 28% of them don't go through menopause. Okay, that's wrong. What? All women go through menopause. (laughs) What? This is the kind of information we have about our bodies. It's garbage. It's And of course, we're under-researched as women. Never mind if you're a black or a person of color or Mm. a racialized person. It's garbage. The best stat I could find is that 55% of women, of course, it's only white women. I mean, we're just lucky. as If you have a vagina, you're lucky that anybody's studying you anyways. Let's (laughs) just start there. there's any data out there, right? Okay. We have to start there. We have to caveat this with how poor the the literature and the research is for for women and and our people with vaginas bodies. But 48% of women over 55 had not had any kind of sexual contact in the last six months. Say that stat again. 48% of women age 55 and older had not had any sexual contact in the last six months. 43% of women between the ages of 18 and 59, had uh, one uh, sexual dysfunction experience. So they were having some kind of an issue, whether it was an ability to orgasm, maybe it was a desire, a libido issue. You know, we don't know. It didn't, it didn't um, go into that. But it was, this is, this is hu- 50% of women, 50% of, no matter the age. And that's because we don't know about our bodies 
that number is unbelievable, both believable, right? And also unbelievable. Something that we've absolutely got to change. We've got to figure out what to do about the misinformation out there because, you know, if you're not an expert, if you, you know, it can be really hard to comb through what you find on the internet and separate fact from fiction, right? So we've got to start dispelling that misinformation, getting rid of that misinformation, which is what we're doing here today, right? And we have to help women learn more about their bodies so that they can, even though they're constantly changing so that we can understand them better. And so we can stop being bored and be excited when it comes to sex. Now, the boredom issue, how common do you think that that is? Oh my gosh. Everyone, every single one. I mean, I've worked with thousands and thousands of of women and couples, every single one of them. It's a challenge. You know, and think about it. When, you know, you first start having sex with your partner, there's all this excitement, there's newness, each person does it a different way. We've got all the the love hormones on board and we're like, whoa, right? So we're like, oh, hot, yes. Maybe then we go (laughs) through, right, right? Then we go through a fertility journey. Many, many people. Maybe we want to have a baby. Maybe we don't want to have a baby. Maybe we have an abortion story. Maybe we do have a baby and now we're in postpartum. And so we go through these ebbs and flows. And, but what happens is, is it becomes another box to tick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the death of sex. It's the yes. death Ooh. of sex. <laughs> Ooh. All right. So what I want to know, and I think everybody listening here wants to know also is how do we go from the death of sex to getting to that hot? Yes. What are some questions? And I know that you have a couple that you want to share with all of our listeners that they need to ask themselves when they feel like they're stuck in a sexual rut with their partner. Yes. The very, this is, this, this question is critical for women. It's the number one question you have to ask yourself because it will give you all the answers of where to go next. Why are you having sex? I love this question. (laughs) I do too. I love this question. Tell us more. What are some of the reasons that women will come up with? Well, the first one, it's the most disgusting is obligation. Mm -hmm. Women feel obligated to give their partners sex especially if it's a male-female dynamic. We feel obligated. Yeah. How can you get to a hot yes if you're coming from a place of obligation? I have to do this. No, that feels Not like doing I the dishes. I get to do this. Yes. <laughs> do the dishes. Go have sex. I was going to say something yeah. more obscene, but... <laughs> it, yeah, but it can't be a task. One more t- to do on, on the women's task. And we all know, I mean... Every woman on the planet knows their whether it's childcare, the dentist, the doctor, the you know, I mean, okay, the blowjob. Okay, I've done it all. I mean, I've done it all. It just becomes another task. This isn't this enjoyable space. So why are we having sex, right? That's the very first question. And depending on your answer, you're going to go different places. Maybe you do feel well supported from your lover or your partner in your marriage and in your relationship. So why you're having sex then needs to be, okay, why am I doing this? Is it to just give your partner pleasure? Is there a question about pleasure for you? You know, why? Why are you having sex? You have to explore there. And it's tricky. And sometimes we find things we don't want to know. And we're like, I did not need to know that was living there because it feels scary. Mm -hmm. Or it feels like Mm -hmm. one more thing we have to tackle. And so it's a tricky one. But we have to start there because many women, it's obligation. Many, many women. What are the answers you love to hear from women to this to this question? Oh my God, because I love to bang my partner. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my 
favorite answer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or my, I, I've got one client and she's in her, uh, just over 55 now. I think she just turned 56. Her partner's almost 60. She's like, he is the hottest guy in the room. And I'm like, hot. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's that kind of, but you know, that takes work. That takes work. You know, you have to, a lot of people, there's a huge thing right now where people love to objectify other people. They're like, oh, the the guys love the swimsuit models or they're checking out the porn. And the women are like, who's Aquaman? I was thinking about, uh, I don't even know who he is. In my time, we'd say Brad Pitt. Jason Momoa. Yeah. Or George Clooney. That's how old I am because I'm almost 50. So we would, we would, we would talk about these guys, but it's like, that is leaking sexual energy. Why are you bothering wasting any sexual passion energy? You're leaking sexual energy. You're putting it on something that is unattainable. You'll, I am never going to have sex with Brad Pitt or George Clooney. Let's just be clear up front. A, I'm monogamous <laughs> and I love my husband. And B, ew, like grow, they are too. They're just, they're like, oh. So why am I leaking sexual energy here? And for women, I think it's partially tried to be a bit of an equality thing. It's like, well, if you can objectify all those women, because women are commodified for men, right? If you can objectify all these women, what am I going to do? But we're leaking that energy. If you put that energy into your lover, you are so hot, babe. Oh my God, look at your haircut. I love your beard. Oh, you know, look at your, I love your lipstick. You know, you know, my husband was helping me set up this morning. He's like, you look incredible. And then he gave me the smolder look. You know, the smolder look. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, "Uh, I'm going to prove that to you later. And I was like, (laughs) right? (laughs) And that's what happens when you keep your sexual energy in the relationship. Because we stop flirting. And routine, we talked about routine as being the death of sex. Yes. Okay, but if if you've got your date night and every night you go to the same place for dinner and you have the same routine, that's not exciting either. you got to go like skydive. You got to go like do something that kicks your adrenaline up together. And you're like, whoa, we do this together because those reactivate those hormonal and those energetic spaces of the newness of the relationship. So when did your relationship get old, right? Yes, I love that. So the activities, getting those jolts of emotions, flirting, which we forget to do. But most of all, I love what you were saying about leaking sexual energy, like put that energy back into your relationship. Um, I know that you have more questions that we need to ask ourselves. So the first one, love that. Why am I having sex? Second question that I need to ask myself. How do I define intimacy? And it changes as we go through the years. Think about the intimacy we have with our children. Uh, a best friend, our parents, our siblings, our family. And then how do we define intimacy with our lover, right? And when you sit with that question, it's going to be interesting to see what shows up for you. Because for some of us, again, very much that'll go into our sexuality, Mm. which is why it's so important to keep it alive. When you're, especially if you're choosing to be monogamous, if you're only having sex with one person and you're like, this is the tap I'm drinking from from the rest of my life, I mean, you want it on nice, clean water, clear, potent, delicious, endless, you know, there's a level of like nourishment that needs to come here. Yeah. And it's hard for us because again, it can become routine and one more thing to do. Mm-hmm. What are some answers that people have to that question? What are some ways that your clients or even you define intimacy? Okay, this is so fun. I love this. I'm going to tell you. What, so my husband and I have been together for 20 years. And we are, 
I, I just wrote a post yesterday on my Instagram about having sex in the bunk beds because we're having sex in the bunk beds at the cottage. <laughs> And the grandkids are next door and our daughter and son-in-law and the cottage is is not quiet. It's squeaky and leaky. So you're like having sex on a squeaky bed in the bunk bed. So this is the kind of space that you want to explore when you go into that intimacy space. And I'll tell you what my husband and I love to do. My husband loves steak. It sounds so stupid. We eat steak twice a week in my house. <laughs> he loves it. It brings him joy. He comes home and he's had a hard day at work and things are crazy. And I'm like, we're having steak. And he's like, what? And I'm like, with baked potatoes. And he's like, whoa. (laughs) And he feels so loved. And it sounds so silly. But for him, that's one way that I can just say to him, and I'm going to tell you what this really is and what he does for me. I'll tell you what he does for me. I love fresh cut flowers. I always have fresh cut flowers in my house brought by my husband or delivered with a card by my husband every single week. There's not a week that goes by. And so this is the things that each of us love. And I'm going to tell you what that really is, because we think these are acts of love. They're not. That When you get into true intimacy, it's attunement. You attune your life to the needs, to the pleasure, to the things that make the other person feel special. And that's where intimacy lies, is in there, in this attunement. My husband, listen, if you knew how practical my husband was, you would know how hard it is for him to buy something that I'm throwing out every week. Here's a $50 bouquet, and I'm throwing it out. And But it makes, it thrills me. It thrills me. So he's doing it. So those, Yes, and that's the kind of attunement we have to have to each other. And we're not good at doing it. We get busy in our own needs. We feel like our needs aren't being met. And then that's what actually cracks us apart from intimacy, right? But making steak twice a week with a baked potato and sour cream, hashtag winning, right? (laughs) And it seems silly, but it's those kind of spaces of intimacy where you can plug in. And because this is the other thing about intimacy that people really need to question, no one else knows these things. No one else knows these. My, my kids and my f- other family members might know that my husband likes steak, but they don't know that he likes this type of steak with this kind of potato, with the sour cream. He'd prefer a salad or asparagus. You know, I know all the things. That's true intimacy. We let people into our weird little worlds, right? <laughs> Here's what's really weird about me. And that's what intimacy is. So that, those are the kind of questions you want to look at with your partner. So, so beautiful. Do you have one more question that we might want everyone listening to ask themselves? This is the most important for women, truthfully, in all areas of their life, because it's the thing that women deny themselves the most. So the question is, what is your relationship to pleasure? Mm. And that's not hands in your pants, hands in your pants. I mean, it can be, it can be hands in your pants. I'm a hot yes for that. But beyond that, because women are, remember, every single woman in the world is rewarded for her sacrifice. All the ways she's taking care of other people and doing the right thing and work, scrapping hard at work and taking care of kids or family members or whatever. We are we are, I mean, the world runs on unpaid labor by women. We all know this. We Mm. all know this. Mm. So we don't know what our relationship to pleasure is. How do you really like your coffee? Do you want coffee or do you want tea? Do you just get up and have coffee every morning so you actually don't even know what you want? It's so subtle, you know, when you go and get ice cream, 
do you get the one that you always that you really want? Or there's one scoop left and you're, that's your partner's favorite scoop, but you really wanted it tonight. Do you give it to him or her or them? Ooh. Yeah. Nadine, that's very heavy. <laughs> I mean, there are people listening whose relationship to pleasure doesn't exist. There are people listening whose relationship to pleasure is denial um, or self-restraint. Um, where do we want to be with our relationship to pleasure? Or where, oh. what are some ideals all pleasure, all the time. All pleasure, all the time. All pleasure, all the time. Yes. And, you know, and we need to, we, and women deserve this. We deserve yeah. this. You haven't done anything to not deserve this. And that's the first piece is there's deservability because we think, ooh, have I really earned going to the bathroom when I have to pee or do I have to stand here and mm. finish that last dish, right? When you start to crack into this teaching as a real way of being, you're like, whoa. So like I say, start small, right? And and I always tell my clients, start in a place where no one else is watching and there's no consequence mm. to you because we won't be able to do it. If you actually need mm. to pick the ice cream flavor that's your husband's favorite when you're at the ice cream shop, you won't do it. You're not going to do it. I already know you. I already know. I see you. I see you. You're not going to do it. But what about if you're home alone and you can actually stand and maybe you're making a cup of tea and you're like, what do I really want for tea? I really, really want, like, maybe I do want a, like, a big juicy chai latte with all the, in a pump of sugar and syrup. And you're like, yeah, that's what I want. Or maybe you're like, actually, what am I really want? What does my body need? Actually, it needs a glass of water. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh. Okay. How does that feel? Mm. I am loving that. Yes. So start small. Oh, that's a really great, that's going to be a task for a lot of people. Just even just maybe just doing one thing this week that comes from a place of personal pleasure that is just to bring you pleasure. That's going to be a tall homework assignment for some people listening, but I hope they take it on. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get back to other action steps that listeners can take because there are going to be some things that you want to recommend to our listeners that they should actually do if they want to get out of that sexual rut that they're in right now. Or if they're imagining, hey, that could be coming down the road, how do I avoid it? So what are some of the exercises that you want to recommend that our listeners the very, the most important thing that women need to do is actually get in right relationship with their body. And what that means is, do you got to know where your bits is? Where's the clitoris? <laughs> mm. Do I have nice, big, fat, juicy labia? Do I have teeny tiny labia? Where's my urethra? Right? Like, so getting to know the body is primarily one of the most powerful things that we can do. The most powerful things we can do. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step is to get to know your body even more deeply. And even if you think, oh, I know my body. Well, how about into hormones? How about tracking emotions? Maybe you want to link your cycle to the moon, mm. you know, and just play with the moon. Just be like, hey, why is the moon? You know, one of the first calendars ever discovered was a 28 day calendar. And all the scientists thought that it was, uh, they didn't know what it was. And the women are like, it's obviously, it's a, it's a blood calendar. It's for blood. It's for mooning. It's not for, like, dude, but <laughs> could not possibly be for something <laughs> so mundane as the woman's menstrual cycle. So, you know, really be, get vulnerable here and just see how can you take that further? How can you take that relationship with your body further, right? Is it just walking around your house topless, being like, I got the best boobs in the world. Ooh, Ooh yeah. You know, that feels vulnerable for a lot of us, right? We don't spend Absolutely. time. Yeah. 
I love, yeah, nudity is a great way to do it. So get naked with yourself. Again, out of the, out of the eye of sex or your partner or your kids or whatever, just in your own way, right? And just start there. I love everything that you're sharing. And it, it makes me think, ooh, could you, could I recognize my vagina in a lineup? Like, would I be able to pick it out of a crowd? Like, how familiar am I with all of my lady parts, you know? Or, or just like, you know, the classic, every time you go to the OBGYN, they ask you, oh, what's the date of your last period? And nine times out of 10, you're just like, oh, let me think, let me go. Da, da, da. Like, we all need to know and learn our bodies a whole lot better, right? So that's one really easy thing that we can do. I love that. And then you have a second thing that you want people doing? Yeah, I do. I, I Now that you, okay, you brought it in the field. I'm putting this on you, girl, because I get real weird. So yeah. you brought it in. How about free bleeding? Ooh, say more about that. Listen. I think a lot of people, so, so we both know what we're talking about, but for those who don't, what is, what is free bleeding? No pants, just wear a dress, maybe have a little towel on your sofa where you're going to sit and just let your blood free. I mean, and there are so many blood mysteries. I mean, you can get into it in different cultures and different teachings, but just allowing your body, even if you just want to do it for five minutes, just walk around the house for a minute. Um, and just let your body bleed freely without stop, without corkage, you know, because that's the thing we all like to do. Just pop it in there, cork it up, nothing's going on. We don't have to even pretend like anything's happening. But just letting our body bleed and just what does it look like? Is it clotty? What's the color? What's the smell? How does it feel to just let my body just be in its natural state without any sort of barriers between it and me, right? Yeah. So these are the things that, so free bleeding is a great, a great option as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know, Nadine. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I'm up for that challenge and the, and the uh, laundry that will come afterwards. But this was a huge, huge trend for a while um, with women experimenting with that and just getting to, it's a totally different sensation, right? And I think exactly right. And you know, it's funny when you say about the laundry. Well, we've all dealt with the laundry. You're dealing with the laundry anyways. Oh yeah. You, it's going to happen anyway. You bled through your pants, you bled through the sheets, you, bled, you know, like, it, and that's why, you know, the, the new, um, some of the new underwear products that have come out for women were just allowed yes. to just bleed freely. That's a great way to play there too. You know, those, they're expensive. So that's some, it's prohibitive. It's not like sort of like everybody can do it, but everybody can free bleed. Yeah. Everybody can free bleed. Yeah. And yeah, this yeah, is true. Yeah. It's powerful. This is absolutely true. The other thing that I want to talk to you about, and this is also really powerful and a concept that I don't think a lot of people have heard about, um, and this is unique to you, sacred sexuality. Uh, and I know that's something that you work on with your clients. Can you tell everyone what is, what is sacred sexuality? How do you define it? Uh, and why is it important uh, for us to hone into our sacred sexuality? It's really important that we don't get tripped up on the word sacred because this isn't about, you know, uh, your like religion, you know, the, the sky daddy or whatever people are feeling. If those are your beliefs, please bring them in. Um, but this isn't about that. It's just about what would happen if you treated your body as sacred. That's, that's the only question. And you are the only one who has the answer. I love that. We, 
We totally have to sit with that for a second. What would happen if you treated your body as sacred? And there are so many levels that we could take this to, right? What you're putting into your body, what you're putting onto your body, how you're thinking about your body, right? What would happen if you treated your body as sacred? Oof. Wow. It, cha- <laughs> it changes everything you do. Every single thing you do. You, you've named all the things. What do you sleep when you're tired? Will you allow yourself to rest? Are you moving your body enough? I'm not talking about exercise because women are, well, I'm sick of women being shamed about how to move your body. Oh, brother. How about just standing up to your favorite song and just like mm. moving your body and feeling, right? Just like, oh, let that energy move through it. You know, these are, if you treated your body as sacred, you would do those things. They would be an absolute, not a priority, even a joy for you. It would become a joy. Because your body is the vessel of pleasure. It's, your body is the vessel through which you experience life. Mm, I love that. When the body goes, that's it. I mean, so it's game over. We're, it, we're, it, there's an end game for everybody. Uh, but the body is the sacred vessel. Yeah. Yeah. What is the opposite of sacred sexuality? Oh, we just treat our bodies like a commodity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Commodity. I'm going to work out so I can look good. So I can, da, 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 whatever the end result is, uh, I'm going to smoke. I'm not going to smoke. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, and uh, you know, this is not to get into complicated, complicated situations because think about our mental health or emotional health. But when we treat the body as sacred, suddenly that choice to have that cigarette takes on a different relationship. How could you be in sacred relationship with your cigarettes or your alcohol? How can you be in sacred relationship with the medications maybe you're taking for depression or anxiety? Can you bring those into your body as a sacred uh, way of being a helper and support to your body? Because we love to make ourselves wrong, don't we? Yeah. So the opposite is to treat it like a commodity, right? So we don't want to do that. We don't want to commodify our bodies. What are some specific ways that women can embrace sacred sexuality? You have to go back to pleasure. You have to go to pleasure. There is no... I love that it all comes back to pleasure. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the thing about it, when you, when every time I talk to clients about this, because it shows up differently for different people, um, you know, and I've worked with many clients who are asexual or, and they're like, this doesn't work for me, Nadine. And I'm like, it does. Because sexual energy is life force energy. You're alive because two people had sex. That's it. That's why you're here. It's just basic. It's 101. So I don't care how you use your sexuality. That's up to you. That's your relationship. Who who am I to talk about it? I don't care. But know that you have this gorgeous sexual energy. Sexual energy is life force energy. So believe me, you have stood in the kitchen in the middle of the night and had that most delicious piece of chocolate that you have hidden in the back. And you were like, oh my God. And it sounds trite. It sounds foolish. But it's absolutely not. It's foundational to our ability to get back into that. You know, when you get the I drink coffee every morning, I love my coffee. And I'm just like, oh, it's coffee of the gods. The I think of the farmer, right? Because we've got fair trade, the relationship with the farmer. So I think about the farmer and how they're tending the lands and, um, you know, all those things. And so I'm just like, what was like a prayer when I have my coffee? You know, it's a prayer, you know, for the blessings of those people that they've 
tended the land and cared for these plants and the plants have all the things. And I'm just like, whoa, you know, the truck driver who drove the beans all the way from Nicaragua to Canada. Thank you. You know, I'm like, whoa. So that's the kind of space you can, and it, it doesn't have to be about that. You can just be like, I'm just going to masturbate. Hot. Yes. Hot. I'm buying a new sex toy. Yes. We're here for it. But until you understand your pathways to pleasure, that are unique to you, that make you special and precious, that's where we're going to have a gap. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Pathways to pleasure. Again, I'm, I'm loving that it all comes back to pleasure and understanding your body more. Uh, I think that we should talk about that just a little bit more. One of the things that you and I have chatted about before is this idea of having a team of people to help you understand your body better. Tell me or tell our listeners a little bit more about what that could look like. Who are some people that you want on the A-team helping you understand your body and your sexuality better? Yes. So number Mm. one, we need our Mm. OBGYNs. Yes, we do. That's important. It's foundational. And remember, if you go to a surgeon, the recommendation is going to be surgery. Okay. No shame here, but that's a foundational piece. Recognize that medicine has not done a good job. They have not done women and women's bodies justice. So we need to know that, number one. So you need to look at people like maybe a naturopath. Maybe you want to go to a nurse practitioner. Maybe, I know in in the United States, you can go to a certified nurse midwife and they do lots of well women care and they have very more broadened, holistic ideas around women's health care, right? You might need to go to a traditional Chinese medicine doctor. Mm. Maybe you need a nutritionist and not like a nutritionist who's going to put you on a diet. Gross. How about a nutritionist who's going to say to you like, hey, like how can we help you support? What are your goals here? How do you want to feel in your body? How does food feel in your body instead of this? Okay, because we know women are all restricting calories around the world every day. We all know we're doing this. We don't need any more shame around our bodies and how (laughs) our bodies look. So thank you very much. But we have to, (laughs) we can close that door forever (laughs) and lock it in cemental red. Um, (laughs) But we have to recognize that there are all these other healthcare practitioners around us that can give us whole new theories and ideologies that are sometimes thousands of years old in how to care for women's bodies. And so without that team, we're missing key pieces. You know, medicine is about identify the problem, solve the problem. But it's really not. It's about identify the problem and quiet the symptom. (laughs) So the problem is I'm depressed. Great. Here's some antidepressant medication. Yes. Thank you. Take the medication. Yay. Thank God we have these medications. And what's living underneath that? We were not designed to walk around being depressed. This is not our life. So what's, where's the gap? What's, are you, are you having enough sex? Are you having enough pleasure? These are the kind of other questions that we want to get into. And they're more complicated. They're trickier. They are. Yeah. They absolutely are. But I love the idea of, uh, you know, and I always say that teamwork makes the dream work. But so often, especially as women, we think we have, you know, I'm the one who's going to have to do this. Okay, I'll take this on. Or we're only asking that one person, our OBGYN. Okay, well, I just went to this person, I asked them, and this is what they told me. But you can have an entire team of people who are supporting you and understanding your body increasing your knowledge around its function, increasing your knowledge around pleasure, all of those beautiful things that we've been talking about today. So I love that idea of the team. Yeah. 
Nadine. This has been an extraordinary conversation. I am a fan of One Hit Wonders, and I want to know if there's only one thing right, that you want people to do after listening to our talk today around sexual pleasure, or that one thing that is going to help them overcome feeling like they're in this sexual rut and that they're bored. What is the one thing you want people to do after they finish listening to this podcast? Give yourself pleasure every single day. Whoa! Way to come up with a big ask. I love that big, scary goal. Every single yep. day, give yourself pleasure. Every day. Right? That's the fla- That's everything, right? That's the flowers. That's the steak. Yeah. That's the bunk bed. It could be beds. a hot shower. <laughs> yeah. It, it could be that you pooped alone. I mean, yeah, hashtag winning. I mean, we don't need to get crazy here. But really, link that pleasure. Go, wow, I haven't pooped alone for three months. Whoa. I, I was just alone. about to say the, the dog. dog wasn't even in here. Yes. <laughs> dog is then staring, sitting outside the door, whimpering. When are coming out? <laughs> yeah. Are you pooping? Yes, I'm pooping. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, every single day, every single day, give yourself pleasure. Every day. So, so beautiful. And link it. Yeah, really, really divinely link it. Link it in your body and in your mind. Because sometimes all you're going to get is a is your favorite last swig of tea alone before the all the house is falling in on you that might be all you can get but link it this like, was hey, my moment I got of some pleasure. pleasure today i love that i love that yeah incredible yeah uh, all right nadine please share with all of us one where you are most active on social media so people can go and follow you and keep getting all of this brilliant sexual wisdom uh and two i know that you have a little gift for our listeners and i am excited for you to share with them what that is So number one, you can find me on Instagram. That's probably the best at I am Nadine Robinson. So that's where I am on Instagram. And then if you are interested, I have a beautiful sex and spirituality membership. There's two calls a month, one for the the UK European crowd and one for sort of the North American crowd. And if you would like to join, you can have one month absolutely free. Just need to email connect at nadinerobinson.com and we'll get you signed up and you can join. The next call is next week. So people can join, see if they like it. There's a little library and it's juicy. We're talking all about shame. So mm, shame, mm-hmm. shame and sex. That's a good one it to talk about. One. Oh yeah. my goodness. That is so incredibly generous. It could be the one pleasure thing you do for pleasure for yourself today. So thank you so much for being so generous. 30 yes. days of pleasure even. Um, so thank you for being so generous. Thank you for sharing all of your wit yeah. and your wisdom with our listeners. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. <laughs> and I can't wait to have more chats in the future. Thanks yeah. so much, Nadine. Thanks, Linya. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Your support means so much to us, and I hope you got some great value from today's episode. If you're looking for resources from today's show, or you'd like to join other women just like you, looking to explore their sexual health and wellness, visit us over at scarletsociety.com.